Hi everyone from my side, a warm welcome to our service this morning. I'm so glad you decided to join us for a new series called It's Your Move. So to our whole Prodea family, everyone watching on Seal Scores and to our first time visitors, welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope that through this series you will grow, you will experience life-changing relationships unfolding and growing in your life. You know, today we, when we're starting this series, I've got a little chessboard here and you will see that is our illustration that we're using for this series. And I think it is so relevant. I haven't played a game of chess in many, many years, but this is what I do know about chess. In chess, each person has to take turns to make a move until finally one of them will walk out the victor. The thing with chess is if no one makes a move, if you decide to stay put where you are, if you decide... Um, to not make any further moves, what will that mean? It means the game will end without succeeding, without winning in the game. You get stuck. And the same thing happens in our life, all over the place, but also in our spiritual life. Um, when we decide to stop moving forward, we get stuck. And often the problem is we get stuck in unhealthy places. When I look at, at social media, especially during lockdown, I see it so often. A lot of people will talk about how they got stuck in a bad spot. So stuck in emotional low, stuck in unhealthy um, eating, stuck in not training and being physically unhealthy. And as we've been talking at our community groups, as I've been talking to some people in our church as well, I've heard that some got stuck in unhealthy habits. So leaving healthy habits of spiritual growth behind and kind of getting stuck in unhealthy things. But at the same time, I've read about people on social media that has grown, that has implemented healthy habits during lockdown. Some people who has grown spiritually and implemented healthy habits in their life. So here's the big question. What is the difference between moving forward, between having healthy habits in your life and having unhealthy habits in your life? The only difference is one person made a choice to continue making moves while someone else made the choice to stop making healthy moves and this is what this series is about we want to make healthy moves in our spiritual life in order to continue to grow now at Prodeo we've got a very simple vision our vision is to connect people to life-changing relationships up in and out it's that simple so think about our triangle and our logo and our crown logo it is about to remind us we need to grow in relationships up in and out three ways why do we say this? Because when Jesus summarized the whole law of God, everything that's important to God, he said it comes down to this. Love God with everything you have and love your neighbors as yourself. But in the Bible, we kind of see this split when we talk about neighbors, where the Bible talks about our church community, our inwards community, and it's called and people are called and, and, and talked to as brothers and sisters, as a family structure. And then people that's not part of the structure are called our neighbors. So we've kind of had this distinction between people with, the, with our church family and then everyone that's not part of our family. So therefore we say our upwards relationship is about a personal relationship with Jesus. Inwards is about a thingy community within the church and outwards is sacrificial relationships with the world. That is what our vision is about. We believe that life change best happens 
within relationships. That's where you're gonna experience true life change. And what we did is we wanted to break down the walk with Christ to six simple steps that you can do to grow in your relationship with Jesus. And we call those six habits or six movements of Prodeo. There's two movements, two habits, that will help us to grow closer to Jesus, our upwards personal relationship with Him. There's two habits, two movements that will help us to grow closer as a church community. And then there's two movements that will help us to truly change and influence the world, to bring life change to the world. So that is what our vision is about. And in this series, we're literally going to be talking about these six movements or these six habits that we need to include in our life. And maybe you've joined our Step Into Church class in the past. We talked about it very briefly. In this series, we're going to dig in a little deeper. So our topic today, make the move to worship together. Make the move to worship together. I remember when I was growing up, I kind of had this love-hate relationship with, with church services on a Sunday. On the one hand side, I used to love them. I can remember I was little and I would sit like right on the tip of my chair when we were singing, especially if someone was playing guitar, and I would just sing my lungs out. I loved it so much. But at the same time, often it didn't always make sense to me. Um, I was little. I didn't understand everything. Back then, we didn't always have kids church so it meant that often i would count bricks or i would count all the light bulbs or whatever it might be as a lot of you might have done when you were growing up so my conclusion was that if i didn't want to count bricks i had to escape and that often meant especially when we were meeting in a school building before we had our first church building and in, in one of the churches i grew up in my conclusion was I have to escape by hiding in the garden. So often I would hide in the garden till the service was over. And that's where I would spend some of, of my time. But that was my relationship with, with Sundays. And in the meantime, it has changed so much. And I want to ask you today, what is your opinion of Sunday worship services? Do you believe it is valuable or do you think I've got so much to do? This is not necessarily the first thing on my priority list. Or maybe you believe that it's not necessary because when you follow Jesus, you do not need a church family or you do not need Sunday services. That is something that especially in this day and age, I hear people saying more and more, I am a Christian, I follow Jesus, it's my thing. I do not need to be part of a church. Well, today we're talking about church specifically in its form of Sunday worship services where we get together to worship God. And we'll be reading from the book of Hebrews today where the writer kind of explains to us why I believe we need and why he believed we need to get together for services. So if you've got your Bibles with you, you can open to Hebrews 10 verse 19 to 25. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And this is what he writes um, to the, and we know these were probably Jews who converted to Christianity because in this book, he kind of accepts that they, as a fact, that they know like the old, his, the history of the Old Testament. So he said the fact that they know about Moses and about Abraham and all those things. But this is what he writes to them, verse 19. He says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way 
through the curtain into the most holy place. Now, what is that curtain? That curtain, the most holy place that he's talking about, that was a symbol of religion for the Jews. So they didn't have free access to God. They could enter into certain areas of the temple, but in the most holy place, that is where God's presence was at. That's where his ark was in the tabernacle. That's where God's presence was. And only the high priest could enter it once a year to bring a sacrifice to God. So that was a symbol, not only of their religion, but of the, we can almost say the division that existed between man and his creator, between man and God, was this curtain. So this is Jesus opened a new way through this curtain into the most holy place. And we're gonna talk about that further in a minute. But then verse 21, since we have a great high priest, that's Jesus, who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God. The New International Vision says it's so beautiful as well. It says, let's draw near to God. So let's enter into His presence. Let's get close to God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we have affirmed. For God can be trusted to keep His promise. And now hear this. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. So before the writer of this letter talks about some practical steps about worshiping together, about getting together, about motivating each other. We're going to talk about that in a minute, by the way, in a, in a couple of minutes. But before he does that, he first wants him to understand something about our faith, about some people would call it religion. I do not believe Christianity is a religion and you will see why in a moment. But the thing that, that the writer is trying to tell them is Christianity following Jesus is not about a religion and about religious deeds and things, but it is about having a personal relationship with your Savior and with your Creator, with your Father in Heaven, with Jesus. That is what Christianity is about. You see, for the, for the Jews, um, religion was all about legalism. And I know some people would say, Louis, but Christianity is still a religion because it's organized um, religion. We've got buildings. We do certain things on Sundays. Yes, but when we define religion, we're not talking about having certain disciplines. When we, talk, when we use the word religion, we talk about legalism. It means that people try to appease their gods or like the Jews try to appease God through rituals and through good works. So if I'm good, God will like me. If I'm get bad, God will hate me. If I bring the right sacrifice as the Jews did, like every day, every week, every month, every year, then God would be okay with me. If I forget to do that, He will not be okay with me. That is that was the view that they had. So they would bring certain sacrifices. The high priest would bring a sacrifice once a year. And that they were hoping would set them right with God. 
And, and as I already said, the curtain was the dividing line between the presence of God and being outside of the presence of God. And only one person once a year had access to the presence of God. Paul says all these religious things that you had to do in order for God to be okay with you, Jesus nullified them. The curtain when Jesus died tore in two. So the presence of God is not now just in this one space where one person have access to it but now because of the sacrifice of jesus this curtain the symbol of religion has been torn into now you have free access into a personal relationship into the presence of the living god through christ's sacrifice a deep and intimate relationship with god is now possible not just a, a religious idea not just um, knowledge about God, but an intimate personal relationship. His presence, the writer is saying, is standing wide open to us. We can enter into it. You see, Christians have no reason to live far from God. That's what he's trying to say. We have no reason, whether we're in lockdown, whether we are facing a crisis in life, whether things are good, we have no reasons for living far from God any longer because every reason we had, our sin that separated us from God, the distance that existed between us and God, the curtain that separated us, he says all of that has been washed away. You do not need, he says in verse 20, to, you do not need to in fear, uh, live in fear because you are afraid that God is going to judge you or that you're going to punish you because your guilt has been washed away. That is what Christianity is about, a personal relationship with Jesus. That is the first part of our vision, an upwards relationship, a personal relationship with God. So why is he saying all of this? The Hebrews faced a problem. They were being persecuted. They were being killed for the faith. faith. They were experiencing all this pressure from different sides, from the Jews, because these Jews converted to Christianity. So from the Jews, they experienced pressure. From the Romans, they experienced Just from everywhere, there was pressure on them. They experienced this persecution. And what often happens when people face really difficult situations like that is that people start questioning whether it is still worth it. Is it still worth following Jesus? Is it still worth knowing Him intimately when we are being killed for our faith. And that might be a difficult one for you, but to say like, what, what if, if my life is in danger? But it's not only when our lives are in danger. Whenever we face difficult times, when threats are experienced, it's normal for people to want to isolate themselves and to want to disconnect. It's a normal human behavior, just like it is normal for a tortoise. Whenever it faces fear, it just pulls it head, its head back into its shell. It is as normal for a tortoise to do that as it is for human beings. And I've seen it happen so many times. People feel depressed, so they just um, pull away from everyone and kind of um, try to deal with it on their own. People face loss of work. People face difficulty with lockdown. They pull away from everyone and they try to deal with it on their own. And sadly, we do the same thing in our relationship with God. When things are difficult, we often pull away and we start asking all these questions. Like, God, does it, does it still mean anything to follow you? Will you come through for me? Like, I do not see changes in my life. So why am I following you when nothing in my life is changing? And we become disillusioned. 
And what the writer is trying to tell them is, do not fall for that trap. Do not fall for this trap where you move away from the presence of God that Jesus paid the ultimate price to get you into to have to restore your relationship with your father do not draw away from that because you're experiencing difficulty in fact what he's trying to tell them is when we face difficulty in life we have to actively draw near to God that's what he's saying in verse 22 his access is open to you you just need to choose to go into his presence he's like let's continue to trust him let's continue to have hope in him he will not fail you he will not break his promises you need to continue building on this relationship with jesus why because the intimate relationship uh, intimate personal relationship with jesus for a christian that is our anchor in times of difficulty but how do we keep this hope how do we keep this relationship with jesus active and next week we're going to be talking about what you need to do personally in your own life but the, it's not just something we can do personally and that's why he added some some more words after this he's not just saying don't give up he's saying like don't give up but here is how you get to this place where you don't give up he's saying you cannot do it on your own you see christianity is a personal decision to follow jesus but it is not a private religion it is not something you do on your own you do not say you, you cannot be a christian and be the only one you see christians a part of the church and the church is a word that we use to translate the greek word ecclesia the, the the word ecclesia literally means a called out assembly so it was used to call people for a specific meeting for a specific purpose together so the the church is a group of people that gather together for a specific purpose the purpose of god that is the church the church is also described as the body of Christ. Many different parts, members, all one body, not a finger, not an ear, not an eye, a body made up of different parts. The church is also described as the bride of Christ. So it is not something that you can say like, oh, I'm not interested in it. You know, I'll follow Jesus, but I'm not interested in his church. His church is valuable to Jesus as a bride is to a groom. That's the church. And the writer encourages them in verse 25. He says, do not neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. It's like you do not need to give up the good habit, the good move of, of meeting together. Don't give that up and just neglect it. He says, continue to meet together. And one of the most beautiful illustrations I've ever read about was, was given by, by an old theologian and a preacher named D.L. Moody. He lived in the late 1800s and there's a story of him going to one of his church members that stopped attending their services. So this member tells him that, you know, he doesn't need to gather together with the church in order to follow Jesus. And Moody, they're sitting, it's cold winter, they're looking at this fire, sitting on the two chairs. He gets up and he takes one of the embers and he moves it away from the fire. And he goes back into his chair and he just sits back and stays quiet. Can you imagine the awkwardness? Both of them just sitting, sitting, staring at the fire. And this red, hot, glowing ember starts to go black. Then it starts to go white as ash starts to form around it as it's starting to cool down. 
And the member looked at Moody and he said, now I get it. You see, the church, as Christians gather to, gathering together, he says that is where we motivate each other to good works, to love. That is where we motivate each other, where we encourage each other to continue following Jesus, to continue drawing close to Him. It, we, you cannot do this thing. You cannot follow Jesus just on your own. You will be like an ember, slowly getting colder and colder on your own when we are together. That spark that Jesus ignited in us, when we're together, that spark becomes a fire and it becomes passion. In 1 Timothy 4 verse 13, Paul writes to Timothy's protege and he says, I might not be near to you at the moment, but don't give up on meeting together. He says, in fact, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and to teaching. It's like, so continue to meet together, to preach, to teach, to, to read the Bible together. There's something special about meeting together and hearing the word of God and being taught in it. You see, you might on your own get to a point where, where you forget a truth. You might get to a point where you start to believe a lie. And when we get together, we're reminded as a corporate body of God's truth, like what we just heard about the price Jesus paid to you to have a personal relationship with our Father. We hear those truths. We are encouraged by it. In fact, Jesus spoke about it himself in Matthew 18. He talks about how we should solve conflict. But then in verse 19 to 20, he adds this on. He says, again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. You see, when we agree together, there's something magical happens. Togetherness means selfishness is cut out. So we stop praying selfish prayers that the Bible says in James, God will not answer. Because now when we're together, we pray prayers that are not selfish, that are for the good of the church, that are for the good of the world. So God can answer them because it's, it is in line with His will. It's in line with His, with His kingdom. Um, it, it protects us from selfishness. It is where we encounter His Spirit in a special way. He says, where two or three are gathered, I am there with them. Does it mean God is not with you when you're on your own? No, He doesn't mean that. He's still with you. His Spirit is in you. When Jesus ascended, the Spirit was poured out. We don't have to go into the most holy place to experience His presence. It is in you. It is with us wherever you are watching this from today. But... When we gather together as His church, God honors that meeting in His name. Something magical happens. Something special happens. And I was connecting to some people in our church um, during the last two weeks. And so many people said, Louis, it's still good online. But there's something I experience when we meet together that I'm not experiencing now. It's that thing. It's like when God, when we gather together, is there in a special, different way. Moody, the same guy that pulled that ember out of the fire as an illustration, said, Church attendance is as vital to a disciple as a transfusion of rich, healthy blood to a sick man. I want to tell you today, we need to gather together because the church is us getting together. We need to get together because that's where we encourage each other. That's where we motivate each other to not draw away from God, but to move closer to Him. That's where we hear His truths. That's where we experience His presence in a special way. 
So make Sundays the norm. Make Sundays the norm, not the exception. If you decide to make it the exception, if you're too busy for it, if you've got too many things going on, you're like, I'll do it once in six months, I'll do it once every four weeks, I'll do it once every two weeks. I want to tell you, you will grow cold. And the longer those gaps are, the quicker you will grow cold. Don't be an ember on your own. We need to, we need to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Otherwise, we'll always experience an emptiness inside. But part of having that intimate relationship with Jesus is being part of his community. Do not be an ember on your own. And I know what you might be saying is, Louis, we can't get together. It's COVID-19. The hotel that we used to meet in is used as an isolation hotel. Like, what are we going to do? I'm not sure yet. But as we heard in our Why Work Matter series, God gives us this, this mission to continue His work of creation. And part of this technology that we're using is the wisdom that God gave people to continue with, with His creation, to continue expanding things for the good of humanity. And that's what we have when we're meeting together. We are using this technology that someone created for the good of humanity to still gather together. And it might not be the same as it is in person, but you can choose to withdraw, to just watch this, and then to pull your head back into your shell like a tortoise. But I want to tell you that will be like being stuck on a chessboard. So instead of just doing it every now and again, make it the norm and then make a decision to engage, comment, um, meet with us at our, our Zoom pre-service meetup. Like, like use the tools that we're giving you. Come on, it's not that hard. Gather together so that we can encourage each other, so that we can motivate each other, so that our relationship with Jesus can continue to grow. Make the move to worship together. Let's pray. Jesus, we know that you love your church as a groom loves his bride. And we want to be part of your body. We want to be part of the church. We want to be faithful in it. And I pray for everyone listening to this today. If they're part of the Prodeo family, I pray, God, that they would be faithful in meeting together. If they're not part of our family, I pray that you would give them a family. If they're already part of another church, I pray that you would send them back to that church. But I pray that we will be faithful to the church family you have given us. Not because it's just this modern idea that someone had, not because it's just religion and it's something we do on a Sunday, but because when we gather together, we grow closer to Jesus. Help us to be like all those warm embers packed tightly together in a fire. Help us to be passionately on fire for Jesus. May we experience your presence right here where we are today in a beautiful new way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys, as the church, we're going to do something together today. We're going to take communion together or the Lord's Supper. And why do we do it? Because in Acts 20 verse 7, we read that on the first day of the week, on this Sunday, they stopped gathering on a Saturday as the, the Jews did, but they started meeting as Christians on the Sunday, the day of Jesus' resurrection. On the first day of the week, on this Sunday, we came together, we read in Acts, the church came together to break the bread, to take communion, to celebrate um, the Lord's Supper. And that is what we're going to do today. 
Because that is something Jesus left us to remember the truth that we just heard, to remember the truth that his body was broken, that his blood was spilled for the forgiveness of our sin and to reconcile us with our Father in heaven. The, the separation that existed between us and God has been torn into. There's no more separation. We can draw near to him. That's what communion reminds us about. So I want to read to you 1 Corinthians 11 verse 23 to 27. Paul says, For what I received from the Lord, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this or take this in remembrance of me. In the same way after supper he took the cup saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread or you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Because if you're a Christian, please take communion with us today. If you're not a Christian, I want to tell you, just, just skip it and, and maybe just participate and watch us doing it. Because this is something really special to us as Christians. And the Bible tells us that we need to take it in the right way. So I'm going to give you a moment just spend a moment in in prayer um, if you need to sort something out with god if you need to ask for forgiveness if you need to fix your relationship with him why don't you take a moment to just spend a moment in prayer with him and then afterwards have a cracker or a piece of bread to get ready have some juice or wine ready and then we're going to take it together but first let's just take a moment um, of silence and let's just talk to to god Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. Thank you that we do not need to sacrifice an animal to appease God, but that your sacrifice was perfect. That it was enough for the forgiveness of the sins of people of the past, of people living today and of people in the future, because you were the Son of God. It was enough. Thank you that your blood was spilled so that we can be washed clean, so that we can enter the presence of God without fear, without guilt. I pray that as we take this today, that you would bless it to our bodies, that you would bless it to our spirits, and that we will remember you died so that we can have a personal relationship with you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember today as you take a piece of bread, the body of Jesus was broken for the forgiveness of your sins. Let's take it together. As you take the wine or the juice today, the cup, remember that His blood was spilled to wash you clean so that when you enter the presence of God, that you can do that without fear or without guilt. Let's drink it together. Amen. Guys, thank you for joining me for the service today. Next week, we're going to continue our series, It's Your Move. And we're going to be talking about the next move, the move you need to make personally that will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus. Every week, every, for every movement up in and out, we've got 
one move, one habit that we need to do together as a church, and we heard part of the reason why today, one move we need to do personally. So next week, we're going to dig a little deeper in what you can do to grow in your relationship with Jesus. If we can implement these six steps in our lives, we will grow closer to God. So for today, remember, next Sunday, we're going to see you at the same time. Next Sunday is a norm, not the exception. I'm going to hand over now and you will get all the details on how you can give um, on for our COVID-19 relief fund. Just use the reference COVID-19 relief or how you can give to us as a church. And if you're watching this on Seals Course, you're welcome to use that as a reference when you give so that part of your giving can also go back to Seals Course. But thank you for also being faithful with your tithing. The church cannot exist and the work we do cannot exist without your faithfulness also with this. I hope to see you soon in person. I miss you guys so much. But hopefully that will happen soon, at least for now. Let's connect on Zoom on Wednesday. Community groups, don't forget. Thank you for being a part of our online service today. If you enjoyed the service and feel you want to contribute to what Bradeo is doing, consider giving financially to our church. There's two ways you can do that. The first way is through our banking details, and the second way is through Snapscan. Both of these steps is available on our website. You can just go to www.prodeo.org.za forward slash give or you can follow the link below in the comments if you enjoy the video please share it to everyone you know we want more people to connect to life-changing relationships that is it from us bye